podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Welcome to episode 42 of the Celtic Exchange Weekly. This is Tino and today I'm joined by Paddy and James. A 2-0 win over Motherwell at Fir Park means back-to-back away wins for the first time since whenever and Angie's side are now starting to look just that little bit more settled with each passing week. Jota continues to pick up the Man of the Match awards and we're hoping that he and his teammates can keep the form going with two more tough fixtures in store at Celtic Park this week. Paddy, you were there at Fir Park on Saturday. What was the feeling amongst the fans and your headlines from the game? Um, I think come the end of the 90 minutes, I think we were uh, satisfied with the performance. Um, I, I actually thought we played really well. There was a an air of nervousness at certain points, even when we took the lead, that um, you know, that at one moment this defence could can leak a goal. I actually thought they played really well on Saturday. I thought they, 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 they dealt with anything Motherwell threw at them very well. And in the second half, Joe Hart had nothing to do. Um, yeah, I thought it was a solid game. Um, and, you know, it, it fills you with a bit of confidence that, that's two in a row, that's a bit of momentum, and especially because we had the international break, I actually think that that's going to help the players, um, those that are still trying to get used to the system, those that are settling into the city as well. And I, yeah, I think all round, a, a really good, well-mannered performance for us on Saturday. Yep, good to hear. I think the stats uh, are something along the lines of 79% possession, but very importantly, zero shots on target against and maybe that shows that we're, we're doing something good to nullify teams whether it's Motherwell or, or anyone else we face James welcome back to you you've been laid low with an ankle injury over the last few weeks but like Jack and Marcus we'll bed you back in gently get you some minutes in the mic and see what kind of form you're in uh, what was your take on the win at Motherwell? The key word that Paddy said there momentum that was the biggest thing I took away from it that you know we all looked at the October fixture list and we're only halfway through it in terms of league fixtures and we said you know there's some really crucial game, crucial games there the first two um, Aberdeen away is always tricky Mother with the informed team away So getting those two under your belt with six points Is is phenomenal to start building that momentum I, I thought it was a bit of a stuffy performance In terms of it wasn't as flowing um, There wasn't as many clear cut chances But as Paddy said it was professional You know they, they did their job And as you alluded to The lack of shots on goal says There's something going right somewhere mm-hmm. Potentially Motherwell weren't quite as good as expected from them But we can only do the job that's put in front of us. Exactly. And you and I spoke about that uh, off air about Motherwell not being great on the day. But Paddy, how much do you think of that as perhaps down to how Celtic set up and nullified them? You know, anyone can have a bad day at the office, but, you know, have we ensured that we were the team that dominated on Saturday? Absolutely. So we look at the games against the likes of Rangers and the likes of Livingston. Um, a lot of our play got dictated down into the left wings in both of those games. I felt on Saturday it was more of a case of, well, we're going to take the ball today. And like you say with that possession, we, we clearly did. Um, everything was kind of coming, f- starting from the fullbacks, but making its way into the middle of the park. And then I thought the movement from both wingers, Abada included, I actually thought Abada wasn't at a great level. Some of his crossing was poor, but their movement off the ball, this this just kind of coming in and almost being like a, a second player up next to uh, Kyogo was very, very like it was great to see actually mm-hmm. and obviously it led to that that goal uh, you see the way uh, Jota made his way in from the left in behind O'Donnell O'Donnell had no idea where he was yeah. and it's a great ball from from Rogic obviously as well yeah absolutely speaking of Jota so obviously I mentioned at the top of the shop there that he's you know he's picking up man of the match awards on a, a regular basis and he was a star man yet again how important has he become to this side James you know for me I think he's second only to Kyogo you know if you've seen Jota was missing for a future game you'd be 
particularly troubled nowadays given the, the impact he's had? I don't think there's much between them because they're both so crucial. You know, without Jota, you haven't got that. Well, we're looking for creation initially, but now he's starting to bang in the goals. The way he took his goal on Saturday, by the way, was real pro stuff. Mm, you know, it wasn't waiting to see if I get it. just lashed it. And there he goes behind the goalie. So I, I'm putting him kind of somewhere level to Kyogo, not in terms of the fan adulation Kyogo's getting, but in terms of importance to the team, that attacking threat. Um, he, he's, he's certainly one of Angie's top signings and long may it continue. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's taken that that goal, the first goal, with real confidence. There's not been any thought of, should I take an extra touch? Should Is I try and the middle? open my body up and curl it on the other side? He has just lashed it in. And as you say, O'Donnell had no chance in terms of the, the great run he's made. And the keeper, I think, Liam Kelly, the goalie, equally no chance, Paddy. How impressed have you been uh, by Jota? Yeah, absolutely. I agree, agree with yourselves. I think he is up there. I also think Callum McGregor slots into that. If he's got missing, we, we don't kick yes. the way we do. Um, but I have to say, for, for Jota, I thought that the... The decision to go to the keeper's near post mm. actually was a brilliant decision because he did have enough pace on the shot. A lot have said that it's poor goalkeeping from Kelly. I actually don't think he saves it, even if he no does chance. guess the right There's way. The I, don't, I don't think he's saving it at all. It's a great finish. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, of course, that Tom Rogic was the man that, that played in the, the assist. It's a brilliant ball. And as it's, you know, inside O'Donnell, there's, there's nothing they can do about it. And O'Donnell lacks a wee bit of pace. And mm -hmm. I think just Rogic has punished that. We've spoken a couple of times on the show about. I think you could probably quote me, somebody maybe will, about uh, the Turnbull and Rodgers experiment is over. Yeah. Something like that is what I said. And he's obviously ignored me again. Uh, and he's gone for that on Saturday. What do you think of him, you know, using that option at times? Just just before you answer, I think unless you've got somebody like McCarthy back fit mm -hmm. to play as a more defensive uh, option to allow McGregor to move forward, maybe personnel dictates it just now. But what do you think of that pair and two number eights there? Well, what I noticed on Saturday for me, it wasn't a case of two number eights. I actually think that um, Turnbull actually dropped a bit on Saturday. Um, so you've seen the full game. McGregor was switching left to right, actually covering everything. And he was getting the break. He was getting the setting balls. He was taking the ball from any stramashes in the box and starting to bring it back out. And then what you were seeing from Turnbull, Turnbull was making space. And then from there, you had uh, Rogic able to move into those those positions and was actually, it was almost like, it wasn't like the two and the one, it was actually like one, 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 yeah. all mm -hmm. going together and it worked really well. I thought McGregor was mopping up, Turnbull was taking it and moving the ball on. Actually one of the best performances I've seen for Turnbull. Yeah, it's interesting as well because everyone's talking about Ange not having a plan B and, you know, do plan A better and all that kind of stuff. I actually think what he's doing is he, he's, you know, by default, it's a four-three-three of of sorts, mm -hmm. but he's just making subtle changes to that. So, as you say, Paddy, you know, it's one-one-one towards the top. It might be four-two-three-one on a different occasion, but he's not completely abandoning his principles. I don't think he ever will. He believes in that system in general, and he's clearly just making wee tweaks here and there. James, what did you think about Turnbull? This was the first time he's gone back to Fir Park with fans there. Obviously, he went last year. I think he said he was on the bench. I can't quite recall. Uh, you know, in front of the empty stadium, but he was there back in front of the fans that have obviously. Uh, played a big part in his career to date. How do you think he fared? Yeah, in terms of his performance, I thought he fared very well, but I thought he showed a touch of class as well. You know, not over celebrating the goal, not really celebrating at all. Motherwell fans booing him to get a touch. Yeah, that's a wee bit classless, but we saw ourselves with uh, Frimpong at Leverkusen. Yeah. So fans just do stupid stuff like that. But I thought Turnbull himself, yep, great game. It is interesting seeing, you know, getting the view from the terraces here, Paddy, mm -hmm. you could see that one 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 that I maybe couldn't quite see on yeah. the telly, you know, um, that kind of breaking. Um, but there, there's there's a lot more to come from Turnbull in terms of, he's an absolute talent, he's not shown us at all yet, 
Um, I think he struggled to fit into a kind of flat 4-3-3 mm-hmm. and maybe these tweaks are playing into his game. Yeah, and maybe there's just adjustment all round. Um, we'll maybe touch on Starfelt and a wee bit and different guys who are just finding their feet after a fairly disruptive couple of months. There's, there's no getting away from the fact that we, we were and still are a team in transition and different players are getting more used to the system. Paddy, obviously James mentioned that Turnbull showed a bit of dignity, a bit of class and not celebrating against Muddle. Would you have done the same in his shoes? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I, I, I agree with it. Um, I agree with it to an extent. You, you, you can understand the the, the club. They supported. Yeah, they supported him yeah. exactly. They they, they 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 gave him a chance to get back to it, and and you know we've got to remember that as well. That's quite a big operation that he had to. Yeah. Um, and he is so young. Um, I think the, the the more he plays, the fitter he gets, and if, if he finds his place in a good system, I do think there's a good player there. I don't know if he's still going to make the grade for us, but if he plays like that week in week out, then yeah, I'm happy with that. Um, I thought it was actually quite nice. Um, with it's not been mentioned much, wasn't mentioned on sports scene. The tackle from uh, Mugabe on him, mm-hmm. uh, reckless, yeah. should have been a red in my opinion. He went off, and that was after his goal. He went off to the side of the park, and actually a lot of them are well fan uh, fans stood and applauded him. Fair enough. Uh, as he walked down the sideline, but um, a tackle that kind of went unnoticed by you, you know the the mainstream media as well. There wasn't much from them on it at all. As it was. A horrific tackle, actually. He's quite quite reckless. I actually thought he had a great game as well, the guy, uh, Mugabe. I thought he read the game very well. Um, kept Kyogo quite quiet at times or cut off the pass. That was another wee issue I noticed. Albeit we've scored some uh, two good goals there on, on Saturday, I still think we could have created more. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly just a wee bit of hesitancy from Turnbull himself actually because he was getting so much more space in the ball than what he's had in recent weeks and when he was bringing the ball from that that midfield transition a lot of the times it was either he was looking up not seeing the pass and he's seen a couple of times he had a couple of crazy shots that just went wide but eventually <laughs> he had the sweet spot and <laughs> what a goal yeah so just to cover that goal so a fantastic strike and it's easy just to focus on the goal itself but actually it's a goal that starts with Joe Hart. You know, mm-hmm. there's a slow, patient build-up. There's various players involved. Uh, everyone's favourite ball and golly was in there somewhere. Jota's played his part. Uh, it's ended up, I think, uh, Kyogos had a touch somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's ended up back at Turnbull. And I think he, he, you can see that he takes yards. And there's just, from Mullow's point of view, whether they, they defended well in the day or not, they've given him too much space on this occasion. Yeah. But he's caught it, you know, I think the word the young team uses swaz, Barry. I feel yeah, all right, uh, ridiculous <laughs> even saying it. I think Turnbull himself is quoted. But he's caught it with that kind of, you know, whip and it's kind of spun away into the top right corner. Liam Kelly, again, uh, was asked about it after the game. I think him and uh, Turnbull are quite pally. And he said even on his best day, he would never have got it. It was some strike, eh? Absolutely. I mean, I think the stats were, for the goal itself, something like 15 seconds, seven players from Hart to go mm-hmm. you know so that, that in itself shows you and we, I think myself and Kush spoke about it on Saturday that not that that goal specifically but the passing out from the back is terrifying it wasn't really clicking the first half there was yeah. a lot of lost balls in the first half but we're still a fan of it because when it happens when it works it gets you that it gets you your man in the short position and then it was just all in Turnbull himself and what a strike yeah yeah and it's important because it, you know it was great at that time to to then score your second goal but if you, the longer you remain in a game at 1-0 mm-hmm have a look at Ibrox uh, Saturday for proof of this. The longer you're only 1-0, no matter your domination of the game, your possession stats, anything can happen. A set piece in the last minute and you know, and, and you could drop vital points. So yeah, you know, Celtic are continuing to show bravery at the back, they mm-hmm. continue to, to play out and they've obviously got the reward there mm-hmm. on Saturday and it's been enough to, to see us over the line. Absolutely. And um, going with that bravery, I have to say, um, on watching the game back again, 
the difference for me for us coming from the left again here, it has to be ball and golly. I know I, I know he has his critics. I still don't rate him as much as a... a There's one of those critics one, sitting, one next, one sitting just, right next to me. Just but, one? But, but, one and a half. Oh, I, I, there, there are more, I know that. But <laughs> I don't know about him defensively. Um, I've not really seen him being fully tested this season. The two games that he's played, got to remember that's, what, 180 minutes under his belt. Yes, he's remaining fit, but he still need the match practice. And I think it's just his transition on Saturday, just for getting the ball, quickly releasing it. There was no hesitancy at all. The ball, the balls were always into the middle. It wasn't always down the line as well. And I mm -hmm. think that that bodes well for our midfielders to dictate a game. I think it will stand us in good favour if he, if he continues to play. Because... Let's be honest, in my opinion, he's the best of a bad bunch just now. Mm. Um, I'm is not it, saying he's, he's, he's a great player, I'm yeah. not saying that, but I, I do think we've got to go with him. It's an interesting one, Paddy, because, I mean, there's, there, there's a few question marks around it. Of course, he isn't in the Europa League squad, mm -hmm. which in itself raises a question because, you know, by all accounts, he's had a decent game there uh, at the weekend and then he cannot feature in the next yeah. game v Ferenc Varos, so that causes a bit of, you know, in and out. Montgomery was injured, I believe, in training, but he's he's available again for the Ferenc Sparrows game, so that would seem the most obvious yeah. uh, replacement. We know Taylor's out for how long, we're not sure. Liam Scales is a big ongoing question mark. We got a glimpse of him at Wraith Rovers. Mm -hmm. Ireland saw enough of him to take him out to the last two games, albeit he didn't feature. He's obviously got something about him, and I just wonder, maybe it's a pace thing, maybe you need a certain sharpness to play in Angie's team, and if, you know, to take Ange at face value, he says he's just not there yet. So maybe it's a wee bit more training for skills. Maybe he wants to take his time and bed him in because he's had to throw others in, you know, very quickly. Starfelt, for example, mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. I read today that Starfelt trained for one hour before then getting thrown in against Hearts for his debut. And it's, it can be hit or miss. Maybe he wants to take his time over skills and go with some of the other options in the meantime. I'm very split on ball and goalie. Uh, James, you're, you're not split, you're decided. So we'll come to you in a second. But I do think he has something to offer. It's also, of course, if you're willing just to clear the decks with him in terms of his uh, COVID antics last year. So if you take that completely out of the, the equation, in terms of a footballer, I believe he does have something going forward. I think he, he plays in an attacking way and his style of play to a huge extent does suit Ange's, you know, system. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I agree with Paddy in terms of the best of a, a limited bunch is yeah. what I would say just now. Maybe skills will be the answer, but we don't really know without seeing him. So where are you at, James, on the, the ball and goalie question? Yeah, I mean, I think first things first, take the COVID thing out of the, out the picture. That's interesting me at all. Footballers do stupid things. That's just what that is. I'm, I base it purely on his, his ability. Um, I think he's erratic, clumsy, um, makes bad decisions in terms of passing, is prone to doing something really stupid, like flinging your arm at the ball in your own box. Uh, I think he is the best of he's certainly one of the best options we've got now because I'm not convinced by Montgomery and I'm very convinced that Taylor's not got it mm -hmm. so it's ball and goalie or skills what I've seen of skills I like but I'll trust the manager on that one in terms of not being ready yet so yeah I, I think it's it's viable You know, he's a viable option at the moment um, and if skills isn't ready then he's the viable option the answer for me is the January window 100% yeah, and I think that's been our general tone over some recent episodes is that if we can stay competitive until January and, you know, we're not too far off the pace at this moment in time, but if we can get ourselves to a position where we're not far off the pace and who knows, maybe even leading the pack by January, I think there's there's two key positions. I completely agree. A left back in the Ange mould, first mm -hmm. and foremost, and a centre mid that, that frees up McGregor. I would like it to be James McCarthy, I really would, but this is another question from Saturday. After two weeks break, an international break where I can only presume he was at Lennox Town working hard on his fitness with guys like Jack Amakis and others, 
He missed the squad altogether. How concerning is that for you, Paddy? And what do you think's going on there? Well, for the McCarthy thing, I think that's, um, you know, we've, we've taken a gamble on signing someone with his injury record. Um, we really have taken this gamble and I think it's not paying off. I, I don't think there's much more else to say on it. Um, if he gets himself fit again, gets himself back into like the fringe bit of the squad um, and, and manages to get a few appearances, just obviously, you know, you come into more fixtures November, December. If he's there or thereabouts, then fine, let's see how he plays. But from what I've seen, it's it's not looking great. It's not looking great. It's looking like a bad bit of business, a four-year contract as well, which is um, mind-boggling. Um, but I'm all for someone that, you know, loves the club, has played at a very good level, does have a good footballing brain, but he really, really needs to, to show it. He really needs to get himself fit. If there's no injury, he, even more so, he needs to get himself fit. So we'd like to see what happens on that one. I would go back on to Bolly again, right? I'm I'm going to come back here because... Let I it go, Paddy. Yeah, no, I'm not letting it go. I'm... <laughs> I remember um, one of the games we, we, it was one of the early, early games of last season. Um, sorry, uh, the 2019-20 season. And I can't remember who we played. It was the week before we we had that draw against the and went through an extra time. But we, we stuck a good few past someone. And and, I rem- it might have been Motherwell. We beat them 5-2 on Saturday lunchtime. Yes. And I remember Lennon getting spoke, spoke to after that game. And Lennon's words were, you know, I don't really know how to control them. Talking about ball and golly. I mean, he's he's playing his left back position, but one minute he's up at the byline and we're, we're exposed. I don't, he says he kind of does what he wants. And mm-hmm. I remember hearing that and thinking, well, that's your job to correct that. Yeah. And I'm wondering, you know, is that something that kind of sticks in our memory? Is that he's come in and, and dealing with a manager that doesn't want to coach him? Mm. I look at, remember the, the game against Rangers at Ibrox and at one point he made this crazy pass um, and, you know, just... <laughs> almost put them through in goal he's also he's, just to check buddy this is you defending ball and goal <laughs> no 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 I'm coming on to what I'm going to say I'm, I'm coming on to what I'm going to say yeah. but there's also bits where he has been he's, he's left his position empty I think the 2-1 game that they beat is at Celtic Park he was at fault for the first goal because he was way up the park now that's fine if you're playing attack football and you know when to go you know the right times to go from what I've seen in the games that he's played and bear in mind that it's only two games this season he looks a lot more disciplined in his positioning and I think that comes with good coaching. Yeah. So I'm willing to give him a chance. That's, yeah, that's my thinking on it. Um, I think that's very valid because everyone's got their thoughts on Neil Lennon and we'll not go down that road. But good coaching, as we know, Brendan Rodgers and, and others can bring out the best in, yeah. in certain guys. People won't thank me for mentioning Rodgers, but facts are facts. He's a very good coach and he oh, makes players you. better. And if Ange can improve anybody in our squad, whether it be somebody like Bolingoli or, or when Taylor comes back or Mikey Johnson, who's who looks like he's on the, the road to recovery, then that's got to be good for Celtic. And yeah. maybe he deserves a chance and maybe Ange has seen something. Interesting though that he didn't have him in the Europa squad. Maybe he didn't see enough of him by then and he had some decisions to make. Especially when we were so thin on the left-back position as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's big near slipping back into a squad again, you know. Yeah. So that's, a, that's another one. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, just in terms of Ange, so... He spoke ahead of the, the Motherwell game saying that he feels that we're now better prepared and settled than, than perhaps any stage of his time here so far. Obviously, it's, you know, as I'd mentioned there, he's he's had to throw in new signings out of necessity for some of those early games. We're now, I think, nine games into the season. Do you feel the players are more settled themselves and are buying into the system with each passing game? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's buying and I think they bought in quite early. I think this system just takes time to to embed in each player because they've got such a specific role in it. It's not like systems they've played before. You know, you've got a really specific role as part of that 4-3-3, 4-1-1-3, whatever it may be. So I think the buy-in was always there. It's just, it's been 
better rehearsed. They're also rehearsing with guys they know week in, week out that nine games ago they certainly did not, speaking about Starfield in one hour of training before Hearts. Mm-hmm. So th- those kind of factors is what's leading to a settled team. I think we've got a long, long way to go. I, you know, I didn't see a lot of Ange ball type stuff on Saturday, for example. You know, it wasn't, you know, lots of interconnecting passes and, you know, 25 shots on goal and, and stuff like that. And, that. and that's to come. But what he's really focusing on and what he's got Celtic doing far better is the the back seven, if you like, your four and your three. They're playing much tighter together. Mm-hmm. And that is where the focus had to go, if you look, you know, five, six weeks ago. Yeah, and maybe Ange's also learning to an extent. So, you know, Aberdeen was his fourth away game, Saturday against Fir Park, he's fifth in the league, uh, certainly. And maybe he's learning that you can't do the same things at Celtic Park as you can do away at Fir Park, Pataudry, wherever else, Easter Road that we've got, you know, mm-hmm. in the coming weeks. And maybe he's just learning that he needs to adjust the system and the message he gives to the players and he's starting to get those results. What do you think, Paddy? Do you feel that we, we feel and look a bit more settled at the moment? I, I think James is spot on with that there. Um, I, I really do. I think he's... Um you, you've hit the nail on the head with that. I think it's getting that back line, getting that communication correct, being confident enough to, to knock the ball about the, uh, that area. And they were doing that quite comfortably on Saturday. But albeit uh, the wee um, turn from Joe Hart was heart and, heart oh, and the mouth man. moment there. Wow. But he done it. He pulled it off and got the pass away. You know, um, I think there is a lot more... Um, a lot more of a stronger transition. You, you see that you see McGregor and you see Turnbull drop deep for the ball on Saturday. And that Turnbull hasn't done that any game no. he's played. Rogic is not going to do that. No. You know, you need him up further. Yeah. Um. So yeah, maybe it's just that that we tweak that we spoke about earlier that's going to start bringing that together. But yeah, I'm I see it getting very comfortable. Because what Motherwell were doing is they were bringing actually three plus one into to attack the pass mm-hmm. out from the back, mm-hmm. and that does create. Space and if Turnbull comes in to to support McGregor and and utilising that yeah. space, it gives you the turnaround. And all you need to be there is quicker, quicker yeah, than them because they're already better. committed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pat, did you think Pep was uh, watching sports scene on Sunday night, thinking, "Has let Joe Hart go too early? This guy's capable here of the Cruyff turn." Uh, <laughs> maybe not. Um, so Ange himself was asked after the game what that win means for the title and his aspirations, and here's his reply. Well, I thought the Premiership race was over, mate, so I'm not looking at the table anymore. So <laughs> we're just kind of doing our own thing. Um, you know, zero significance to us. Um, I think what's more important to us is that you know we get some belief out of today. As I said, it's it's one thing to to, to get a victory here, but I thought to control a game here um, like we did today should give the boys some real belief and, and confidence moving forward. We've still got some big games starting Tuesday, so um, I think that's the main thing for us. We just got to you know keep our heads down and, and run our own race, and, and you know I think so when you do that and you keep improving, and you know uh, you'll see where you end up. So confirmation there, Paddy, that if Ange ever calls you mate, then you know you're in trouble, eh? Uh, sounds <laughs> it. <laughs> so obviously he's starting to, or continuing to build his rapport with the fans. And, and as mentioned, you're obviously there at Fur Park on Saturday. There seemed that real connection again at the final whistle. How was that? Obviously the result coming in at the last minute um, added to that. Uh, it was a, a brilliant moment. Uh, although everyone was starting to then doubt their... their um, that their mobile uh, was actually working properly. They were making sure that they were getting a good reception because we were all just waiting on it being chopped off or Rangers getting a penalty. Um, but when we, it was confirmed, the goal was confirmed with three, four minutes later, obviously with our game because of uh, Willie Colm going off. Um, it was quite a, a, a good, joyous mood in the stands. And I think we all kind of knew to appreciate what they've done because that is two hard games in a row there against mm-hmm. Aberdeen away, Motherwell away. Motherwell have been in form and 
that for me was, like I said earlier on, that's the momentum kind of kicking off. Mm -hmm. The team were buying into it as well. One player I did witness shuffle all the players along to kind of join in with the celebrations at the end was Callum McGregor, but mm -hmm. he never took part in it. And I th kind of think to myself, like, this is, enjoy this, but this is the beginning of it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I just kind of look at it that way. He was first off the park as well. I applauded the fans, very professional from him. Uh, I might be reading into too much, but I just like the way he done it. Like, this is what it's about. This and is, you win games, you get this re reception, you know. Yeah. I kind of felt that from it. I think so, and I think he's continuing to show good leadership. You can see sometimes, depending on who's screening the game, you can see McGregor in the huddle, and you can actually, you know, they've kind of caught his face through the kind of ruck of players, and he's really kind of, you know, giving the message really forcefully, and, and you can see the focus of the players as well. So they are clearly buying into him as a captain, and, you know, those kind of examples from Saturday uh, continue to show that, Paddy. Also, um, you've obviously mentioned uh, that you're fully focused on the result from Ibrox on Saturday, whereas Ange's uh, different from that. He's saying, you know, we don't care and it's all about us, but he's obviously got to have an eye. You know, you can say these things out loud, but there's no doubt the players have, have gone into the dressing room. They'll know all about that result, won't they? Yeah, I mean, I read the transcript of that. I mean, I think if you're asking him where his singular focus is at that moment, then absolutely he's, he's, he's all about that game and making sure that we get the three points there. Mm -hmm. I think it's it's only football that you give a wee eye on, you know, what might be your nearest rivals being in Hearts, obviously, um, and, and getting their goal at the end there. Um, but yeah, the, the players would have been buzzing off that as well, much as I, I think the fans certainly not read more, but enjoy more of that because it's it's a double hit. Professionally, I think they've got an eye on it, but they're not getting carried away by it. Yeah. I mean, the bottom line is, you know, as I mentioned, we're only nine games into the season, but you still rely on other teams to drop points. You know, there's a long way to go, but we need the likes of Rangers, Hearts, Dundee United, anyone else around us. At some point, they need to drop points as well as us continuing on that momentum you've mentioned, Paddy. What we'll do actually on that note, we'll stick with the domestic stuff for now. Obviously, we've got a huge game against Ferenc Varos in the Europa League this week, but I do want to stick with the, the domestic and the league campaign. So obviously, we've got uh, St. Johnson at home on Saturday, uh, coming up three o'clock kickoff. And for me, just there's no debating this and these ongoing domestic games are the most important thing for us this season. Anything we get in Europe, you know, is an absolute bonus. So do you feel the players at this point, Paddy, should be, you know, full of confidence, as you say, two away wins in the bounce for the first time in, in a long while? Should they be full of confidence as we prepare to face St. Johnson on Saturday? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we look at August, obviously the, the, the Hearts and Rangers results, we put them out um, We put them out to the back now, in my opinion. We, we look good at home. We look good at home. We move the ball a lot quicker than what we do in um, any any other team's park. I think Celtic Park is set up for us to play fast football. And I think when you're coming back after two results like that, you go for it. St. Johnson are a hard team to break down, but I think we're quicker than most teams. I've, I've noticed that quite a lot lately. We are quicker. We are making chances. I think the decision-making has to get a bit better. I think we, we should be a bit more ruthless in front of goal. But we are scoring goals. We're the top high scoring in the league at the moment. Um so, you know, I, I, I just think that in the games that are kind of mattering the most, the games that we've maybe struggled a wee bit, a bit, been a bit slower, just a bit more conviction from us. And I think that's going to start hopefully showing now. We're getting a settled settled team with the looks of it in the league as well. And hopefully if we see Juranovic coming back, and no disrespect to, to Ralston, um, if we see Juranovic coming back, we might have a settled backline in the league as well, which is going to be help us go even further uh, leading into you know this run up to the winter break yeah and we've barely seen Juranovic you know and a couple of his appearances have also been at left back so it'd be great to see him 
slot into that right back position and, and see how that fares. We've also got Julian, you know, there's a lot of talk about him just now. Starfelt himself was quoted as saying he's in training, he's flying, he's looking good. The suggestion is he won't play in October. But in a couple of weeks' time, we're into November, and maybe that's when we'll see him. And that could be a really a settled back four for us, and that'll be interesting in its own right. But ahead of St. Johnson, James, so Paddy says they are a stuffy team. They obviously hold the, the two domestic cups in Scotland just now and, and done very well in, in achieving that last year. But they're currently eighth in the league. They've only got nine points, having won two league games, drawn a few, and, and certainly lost a few. Their wins are against Dundee and Aberdeen, I think. So despite how, how well they've done last season, they are struggling to get going at this moment in time and, you know, that should be a game Celtic go into confidently. Yeah, I mean, Callum Davidson's a professional manager. He's obviously had great success last season and there's a slight frustration in that. that I think he'll come and set his team up really, really well to frustrate us. Mm-hmm. And that'll be our job on Saturday is to pick that lock and find the, the opportunities against probably, you know, two banks of five and stuff like that. It's going to be difficult to break down. But, this is, you know, we've, we've picked up this momentum now from Aberdeen, from Fir Park, and we're going back to Celtic Park. We haven't played there for a few weeks, and let's see if Ange Ball comes back there. Now that the team's starting to settle, the personnel settling, the positions are settling, the players know each other better. So what I'm expecting is a, is a tough game, but Celtic to really raise their game on, on Saturday to, to, to create a lot of chances and score a fair few goals. Yeah, here's hoping. I mean, just in terms of those home fixtures and away fixtures, it obviously plays a, a huge part in you know where we are after those nine games. So within those nine games, we've been to Tynecastle, Ibrox, Pitodre, Fir Park. We've got Easter Road next midweek. And Libby. I'm not counting Livy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll skip by that. Um, but, you know, we're coming on into those really tough games. We've now completed those very tough games at a time when the squad was seriously disrupted due to injury. Uh, having to throw in new signings and just, you know, that ongoing transition. But despite that, we find ourselves right in the mix and only four points off the top. As mentioned, you know, we go Easter Road next midweek. That's a tough one. Um, But do you think or do you feel that after the next round of fixtures, the next 9, 10, 11 games, we'll be in a far better position? Because Rangers, for example, have been in none of those grounds I've mentioned. Say for Ibrox, they've been there. But they've not been to, you know, Pataudry, Tynecastle, Fir Park. They've got some very tough games, whereas we have a... I would suggest a more favourable run of games. Yeah, it's something I've mentioned here. Our first 11 games, you know, it's difficult away games for us and it's going to be favourable because, like I say, you're going into that run November into December, always very busy, busy uh, period for us. And if we're getting a lot of games at Celtic Park, um, um, we're, we're not playing, you know, the, I say the top six, the, the harder the harder away venues, we've, that's out of the way just now. It means we can gather... Like more points, it puts us in a good position to be there or thereabouts, or dare I say it, at the top of the top of the tree come Christmas, you know. And I think that you know everything is hopefully starting to fall into place with the team, and these fixtures are definitely going to help us in the way that they're, they're setting out for the next eleven games. Yeah, your thoughts on that, James? How much of an impact could that have? You know, we're obviously far stronger at home, and we're going to have a run of home fixtures, and at the same time, Rangers and some of the other teams, they're going to be eating each other up and taking points off each other. How much do you think that could have an impact in this, you know, still fairly early stage in the season? It only inevitably does. You know, um, your home games, you should be stronger. And that's kind of where the league is, uh, is sitting as it is at the moment. We've got that second phase of fixtures that, that plays to our favour. And there's been no context given, and I include Celtic fans in this as well, no context given that we'd such a hard run of fixtures, you've got to win them and you've got to play those, play those games and win them anyway. But yeah. at a time when the team was starting to, 
you know, we've through its transitions, settle guys in, settling in new formations. There was no context given, so Celtic fans, yes, but media in particular, guys getting on the Ange uh, that, you know, you know, even maybe threatening his job at six, seven, eight games when he'd so many tough fixtures to take on, that's now flipped and let's see where we're after the next one. Yeah, I think having to go to Ibrooks four games into your reign with far from a settled squad, still, still trying to sign guys, it was still within the window. It's just been a real tough challenge so far and I think I'm just appreciative of the fact that we're still very much in the mix at this stage. Absolutely. Players going out the door as well, you know, um, yeah. so people have been playing in certain positions and then all of a sudden they're gone. Someone's having to step into that position, learn that system. It's, you know, it's not just your pre-season, the first four weeks of August, you've got this September to kind of get used to everything as well. And I think we're kind of starting to see things calm down. Um, one of the things that actually quite annoyed me last night, I was listening to a uh, sports scene, it was uh, Marvin Bartley, and I actually think he comes across very well. He did come out in support of Ange last night, saying that I think he's taking each game really well, um, he's very professional manner, which I totally agree with. He then went on to say that the Celtic support, um, a, a good few have been wanting him out uh, after after some of the form that's, um, that's kind of happened. It was quite just a strange take on it, like it was more just a, a, of a point that like a lot of people have been calling for his head. If, if you if you look if you believe look at Twitter and believe that Twitter is an expression of the world, yeah. then you might think that, but that's not the case. Yeah, it'd be interesting to check who Marvin follows on Twitter because <laughs> it might be you know the, the people that he's uh, looking at in terms of their tweets. There's there's been one or two noises and you know message boards and the odd you know reaction after some bad results, yeah. but by and large everyone is right behind Ange. Oh, the other minority of people though, yeah, you know, absolutely. I just thought it was a strange comment to make. I appreciate what you're saying about him. I'm not taking that away, but. It, just, yeah. It, it, Almost like so division. Yeah, rap, raps is right into the mix of that, doesn't yeah, it? It's, yeah. Yeah. That, that becomes the narrative, the more people in the, the media say that. So, Absolutely. interesting. I think he's generally quite fair-minded. Yeah. So, but we'll, we'll keep a close eye on him, Paddy, just, just for you. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's, it's not a threat, Martin. Yeah. Yeah. Feeding feed the narrative of the Scottish media needing a good cop and a bad cop. Yeah. Mm, that's interesting. We'll maybe catch that another time. But yeah, Mark Warburton had some interesting comments this week about how it all works Absolutely. Uh, up here. And it's not good cop, bad cop. It's Celtic manager, Rangers manager. Aye. Aye. Yeah, call it what you want. Um, just one final point just as we're kind of talking about uh, how things are going under Ange and, and how we're feeling the fitness levels have been mentioned so I've seen several people uh, commenting on how fit we're looking now uh, particularly on Saturday thought we looked you know stronger and more energetic because there's no doubt it's a system that requires high levels the thing as well is Ange has bemoaned the fact that he's not had options to change it he likes to have someone creative and reserve so you know we've seen some games I think it was I think my details right, but Mitchelland away, for example, and he looked down the bench and he had nothing. Yeah. You know, no strikers, no creative players, no wingers. There was a, an argument that he he chose to start Montgomery on the bench. I think this is a Dundee United game where Juranovic got injured at left back. Mm-hmm. And he was asked later on why Montgomery started on the bench and why he made that swap. And he said it's because he didn't have anything else creative and he wanted to have a creative in yeah, reserve. Obviously that came a cropper when Juranovic got injured and Montgomery came in at left back and that game played out, you know, little invention and, you know, frustrating one each draw. But now he's he's looking to the bench and he's able to bring guys on to change things. So Rodgers came on against Aberdeen, made the change. We've got Jack Amakis, you know, a forward coming on and, and different things. Mm-hmm. How important do you feel that the combination of having more creative options and the, the improved fitness as players are getting used to the system is having? Oh, it's, it's phenomenally important. It's, it's, it's essential because... In in the game itself, you might be looking at what was your initial plan and your plan for creativity, and if it's got you so far, but it isn't quite there to make the the, the killer finish to the game. If you look to your bench and you've got real creativity there, then you can start to look at you know changing things up and surprising the opposition a little bit. And when you don't have that 
like like you're against Midland against the United, it's kind of saying, well, we just need to kind of keep going with what we've got. So I, I think we're kind of getting there. I think there's a big focus in, in January's window has to be one or two real creative uh, midfield types that can make that impact. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you there. Um, I think you're, you're spot on with what you're saying. It's uh, definitely been more than one game that he's had to look at his bench and realised we've not got the depth yet. The good thing is that there are players coming back, like we've spoke about, well, obviously, Julian earlier on. We've got Forrest hopefully back soon as well. Of course. And it's a case of, it's, I, we, I'm going on earlier on about a settled back line. I think he likes the rotational side of things. It keeps players fit, it keeps players on their toes, and it definitely keeps them, you know, it stops a lot of injuries as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, if we're getting these players back, we're able to do these small bits of rotation. Even like, I know obviously um, Montgomery was supposedly injured. But um, one of my friends made a good point. I wonder if Ball and Golly would have started anyway, just because, you know, he's not going to be part of the squad on Tuesday. Yeah. So get Montgomery in fresh and fit for that game as well. So it does make sense, you know, yeah. just that, that being able to rest the, the players as much as we can. It seems Ball and Golly gets a game every four weeks and I think that was just the four weeks up. <laughs> so we'll see him again in another four. Um, but yeah, it's encouraging stuff and, you know, long may that continue as we start to get key players like Forrest and others back. I quite like the idea of, of rotating creative players. So whether it be Forrest coming in for Abada, for mm-hmm. example, Kush mentioned in the, the final whistle about something like that, keeping guys on their toes. I'm less inclined to support changing your back line. I think, you know, leagues are won on solid defences where I, I'd call it the back five in terms of the goalie and the four in front of them when they're nice and steady and you know it because there's there's quite a nice partnership building up between Hart and Carter Rickers and Starfield at yeah. this moment in time. Uh, I think that will get broken up mm-hmm. when Julian comes back, but I wouldn't like to see too many changes. I certainly don't want to see him rotate his goalie, Paddy. No, no, absolutely <laughs> not. But- yeah. So, moving on. Uh, next up for us in match day three of this season's Europa League are Hungarian champions Ferenc Faros on Tuesday. Like us, they've lost their opening games to Betis and Leverkusen. And though they're currently sitting second in the Hungarian Liga, they also lost 2-1 at home at the weekend to a team whose name is so hard to pronounce, James, I'm not even going to try it. Give it a go. I, I, I've not even got it written down because it's a... Starts with Z. Aye. <laughs> so, they get beat off Z, uh, 2-1 at home at the weekend. Apparently arrested some players, but that's not great for their confidence. Um, of course, Celtic played them as recently as August 2020 uh, in the Champions League qualifier. It was a one-off tie at Celtic Park. We lost 2-1 on the night. Our goalie that day, Paddy, was Vasilis Barkas yeah. and our centre-forward, any guesses? Nearly. Ryan Christie. Ryan Christie. And Christie did score to make it one each, but we ultimately lost out 2-1. Klamala and Ayeti were on the bench that day and just, it's quite a patchy side if you want to look it up it's just it's a it's a puzzling lineup at best and it's, we've come a long way since then uh, first of all with it being a 3.30pm kickoff, will you lads be getting away early from school for the game I'll be there yep James your injury preventing you injury out yeah, yeah. Uh, Parry how important is it that we pick up a win on this occasion if we're to have any hopes of European football post Christmas yeah I mean I, I, I think we're quite happy with how things are going in the league um, we're, we seem to be getting back to Back to a normal setup there, in my opinion. Um, I think the league should be the focus this season. However, for momentum, you want to keep winning. You really do. And I think that these games are winnable. Um, I think we're, like I've said, mentioned earlier on today, um, we're quick. We're very quick on the break, I think. They they are also quick. Um, but having done a bit of reading into them, apparently their midfield is there to be run over and I think we can do that I really do um, they're not too strong at the back their their weapon is uh, long balls and hope, hope that they can get two fast strikers to run onto the ball uh, the guy he scored against us last year remember the goal um, he, he beat uh, El Hamed for pace quite easily um, Tomatz and Gwen 
Um, and it was a it was a good goal from him um, as well to to obviously get the the qualification for them. If we can keep that quite quiet, if we can keep the long ball quiet, and if we can overrun them in midfield, I think we'll win tomorrow. I, I think we're a better team. Yeah, and I think we've absolutely got to be targeting the win, and, and that's certainly what, what Angie's been saying in his pre-match comments. James, again, how important do you feel? Is it obviously we get the double header now, so mm-hmm. we face them at Celtic Park first of all, then two weeks later um, over in Hungary. How important are these games for us? For me, the, the most important thing is to take what you're doing in the training ground and apply it against different opposition that you're not used to playing, different kind of setup, different style of football. I, I think we can, should and will win tomorrow, but I'm not, I've said from the top of the season, I'm not interested in it. You know, it's, it's the league uh, bus for me. It's, it's so important this season um, to get back to, to winning the championship. So I think it's really important bring phases off the, the training pitch and try these things out. Maybe try out a few things that you've been, you know, holding in the locker, but not not too fast if uh, it goes awry. Well, I would say if we, we do win these two games, then it's, you know, it's European football after Christmas potentially because we, we, we'll finish third at a minimum, yeah. I think. Um, and that leads us in then to potentially, well, I'm, I'm saying that we're expecting obviously Betis and uh, Leverkusen to run away with the group. Um, but I'm saying that in the sense that I actually wouldn't mind us going on a, a run in the Conference League because yeah. again, it's just, it's it's more confidence for these players. Don't get me wrong, I think some of the teams that are going to be in there are going to be, you know, a lot stronger after the group stage, of course, but still some good teams to be tested against and, and see how his system is faring against them. Um, but yeah, the league is a priority. I totally agree. But, you know, you always want to see a run in Europe. I think so as well. It just keeps that momentum going of the season. So if it was in some way going to be to the detriment of the domestic stuff, then you'd think twice. But actually, as players, you want to pit your wits against decent European opposition. And as Paddy says, I think there's a very strong chance if we do win the double headers here or a win and a draw or whatever the next couple of weeks brings, then yeah, there's a strong chance of conference, Europa Conference League football post-Christmas. And you could come up with some very tasty ties there and, and things that just keep the players motivated and allows us to continue to build in the system. So that'll be interesting. Ange himself is quoted as saying, this is a game we've got to win if we want to keep our hopes alive. No shying away from that, we need a win. Uh, interestingly, um, something I'm sure a lot of listeners will know, but he highlighted the fact that he played under Ferenc Puskas, you know, that, yeah. the most famous Hungarian footballer yeah. of all time. Uh, fantastic player, you know, throughout the 50s and 60s. Uh, and he actually managed Ange for a few years in the late 80s at South Melbourne. Ange is quoted as saying that he holds a very deep place in my heart following their time together and that he was a significant influence in his coaching career. So it's an interesting wee side story uh, ahead of our game with the Hungarian champion. So as mentioned, we've got first of the double header at Celtic Park this week and then we head over to Hungary in a couple of weeks' time as part of the double header on Thursday, 4th of November. So as we're starting to wrap up the show, obviously, you know, covered a lot in terms of the, you know, the weekend's football and, and the week ahead. Some important times for Celtic and we have touched on the fact that we do have some key players coming back from injury. One such man uh, who fared or who featured on Saturday is Mikey Johnson. James, I know you're quite mixed on Mikey Johnson, so I'll come to you first. I think he's a fantastic player. I think he's got a huge future at Celtic if he can remain fit. But what's your thoughts on him and the, the part he can potentially play this season? I thought he was he was great for a comeback uh, on Saturday there. You know, he showed real drive and eventually he lifted the tempo of the game mm-hmm. um, and it, it definitely pulled the game away from Motherwell at a kind of crucial point just to kind of uh, close things out he was covering both wings I, I really liked his activity and his energy I, I've obviously got concerns over his, his fitness like anyone um, in terms of the type of player he is I think I'm yet to see the the killer stuff I want to see from him in terms of really incisive wing play and attacking play 
I think he tries a lot of stuff that doesn't quite come to, but games can change that as he settles back in his game. One thing's for sure, he's got my full back and, you know, if, if he can make Mikey player into the potential he's got, then I'm all for it. But he's got a good road to go. He's got a hard road to go, I'd say. Yeah, Paddy, what do you think? Where do you think he may slot in? So obviously we've got potentially a bad and Forrest vying for the, the right wing position. Mm-hmm. Is he up against Jota for the, the left wing? Um, I, yeah, I, I, probably on, on where he's played most games for us out in the wings. I'd actually quite like to see him uh, slip in behind Kyogo. Mm. I think, um, you know, he, he he's very good in the wing. He is very good in the wing. And But I'm with you uh, on that, James. I don't think he's got the killer ball yet. And that might come with just obviously playing a lot more games. I, I've, I've yet to see it. Obviously, he's, he's been played with injuries. It's a... It's a real shame for him because there is so much potential. Um, I always remember the write-up he got. Um, I think it was one of the German newspapers and it was in the Europa, eh, sorry, the Champions League Youth youth League game. And uh, he was the best player in the park against Bayern Munich. He got a standing ovation of their fans that had attended that game mm. when he when he came off because he, he ran them ragged. I think we beat them 2-1 or it was maybe they beat us, but he was unplayable, match, yeah. you know. Um, I do think there is a future from him. I'd actually, I, I think he'd be quite good there. I think um, you could mould him into someone who likes a Christie that just has that killer pass through through on goal instead of someone that has to try and get to the byline mm-hmm. week in, week out. Kyogo's missing that. Yeah, yeah. you can see. You yeah. can see, actually, there was glimpses of frustration from Kyogo the other day because he's seen the pass. It's just not, it's just not coming off. Yeah. yeah, and it's the same we talked about the influence that Ange could have over somebody like Ball and Goalie. Mm-hmm. Perhaps he can have that same influence on somebody like Mikey Johnson, who will also be working day in, day out with, you know, Callum McGregor, uh, David Turnbull, Tom Rodgers, guys that can provide that killer pass and hopefully uh, we see the best of him moving forward. I'm actually a huge fan of him and James McCarthy and I'm really hopeful that the two of them can get over their injury woes and, and start to provide the you know the, the performances we need moving forward because it's a squad game mm-hmm. you don't win the leagues with 11, 12, 13 players you need your 16, 17, 18 you know in this modern game and hopefully they can play a part the last guy I want to touch on um, I have mentioned him a couple of times for different reasons uh, in this episode is Starfelt I think he's had much criticism certainly from us here on the show but I think he's starting to look more solid. We mentioned that we didn't concede any uh, shots on target yeah. against Motherwell. He's comfortable on the ball, or more comfortable on the ball than he looked initially, and he's winning every single header that comes towards him. How do you feel he's doing at the moment? Yeah, you, you said something that was quite crucial there, is winning every single header. Um, that's not his game. Um, there was plenty of reports about him saying that he's not great in the air at all. Um, he's getting more comfortable with it. I think he's he's getting up to, to speed. And again, you made an earlier good point to be thrown into two very big games, you know, your league opener and then the game against Alkmaar when the, I think uh, a few were kind of doubting, you know, is he going to come back from that mistake that was made? Actually, he done really well for the remainder of that game over in Alkmaar. Mm-hmm. And I think since then, it's slowly but surely we are starting to see why he he has had the moves he's had. He, he did get the move to Russia because he was signed at a, a, a big time for Ruben. Um, he didn't play a lot of games for them though and we've got to remember that as well these are guys that are you know they're probably going to average what 50 to 60 games a season that's a lot to kind of get up to speed with if you've not if you've been on the fringes of your squad or even just been playing in a league that you know is nowhere near that amount amount of games so yes I'm impressed I think he will get better I actually think what we might see is Starfelt Julian oh yeah I think the reason for that I think out of the three, I think they two 
I mean, we don't know how Julian will be when he comes back. I think the two will be quicker than Carter Vickers. I like Carter Vickers, mm -hmm. but I think that might be a backline. So the notorious CCV dropping out controversially. Maybe. Maybe. And it's also interesting to note that without doing a huge deal wrong, Stephen Welsh has found himself very much a bit part player, but maybe this is good for his learning. Maybe yeah. rather than having to throw guys in, you know, to the lines day in at different times, there's not going to be any lines there, Paddy, is there? <laughs> no lines, are they? <laughs> <laughs> but... You know, it may be good for Wales to learn under these guys. James, what about Starfield? Do you think he's looking more solid? I've not seen enough to change my mind as yet. Um, I think he is looking more solid, mm. to, to straight answer your question. He is looking more solid. I think a lot of it was to do with just rebuilding his confidence. You know, that kind of baptism of fire he got, that, that's hard for any player. But if I'm signing my absolute solid centre-half, he takes that baptism of fire and performs under it. So it was a rebuild of Starfield whilst they were still playing every single game pretty much you yeah. know switching a wee bit and stuff like that but playing a lot of football I think he's made progress on that uh, not enough for me to to think that he should be the one that doesn't drop out it's, it's, it's Carter Vickers and uh, Julian for me I think on that one you're, you're saying that they should be ready for the baptism of fire though I, I know what you're saying we're not a club that can sign players like that I'm afraid we sign players that are make a break it was a big enough spend for us I know absolutely but still I mean you know that we still sign players that are make a break. We're not going to be able to sign players that are walking straight into a team. There's always there's a catch with something. I think in my it's just my but opinion. There's an injury. Yeah. 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 That's the reason why we can sign guys like that because if you're the ready to go centre half, you I go from the Mikazan to yeah, the yeah. Premiership. Yeah. So I think we could get uh, more out of him. I think he's obviously trusted by Ange. He's played I think just about every ninety minutes of mm -hmm. every game that he's been available for since here. So he's a guy that Ange clearly trusts. And yeah, it'll be very interesting to see who. If anyone drops out for Julian, but I do believe Julian is an Ange kind of player, so yeah. seems that, you know, somebody, something's got to give. Uh, James, you seem to have come through this one without taking any further knocks on the ankle, and unless Paddy leaves one on you on the way out the door, I'd say you're, just about, it's always possible. <laughs> I'd say you're just about back to match sharpness. So how are you feeling about things just now as we start to wrap this one up? Yeah, I mean, it's... There's a lot of positivity around, but it's just results. And that, that's the only reason we're feeling the way we're feeling. You no, know, we all looked at the October calendar and went, it's going to be tough halfway through. So far, so good. So now it's just keeping that momentum going. Big game on Saturday at home, our own fans, full stadium. Let's have some good football and a lot of goals. And then really, really focus on the, the Hibs midweek game at Easter Road. It's a game you've got to love, isn't it? Yeah, want to look forward to it. I'll be there. Paddy, are you going? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> to, to be <laughs> sounds like a pass to be gathered no. there, Paddy. No. I've yet to put in the request. There's one ticket between two, so yeah. maybe. <laughs> like Julian and Starfield, someone's got to give uh, Paddy uh, the maths don't add up. Um, Paddy, likewise, just same question to yourself. Again, as James mentioned, a week to look forward to. Definitely a bit of feel good in the air at the moment. Are you enjoying things and, and how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Um, the the two hard away games, we've came through them, we've won both of them. Uh, like you say, results, absolutely, James. For me, the second half of Muller, against Motherwell, we controlled the game. And that's what we just need to keep doing now. We need to just take it with a scuff of the neck. We're in charge and we dominate where the ball goes. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. So, Angie and the boys continue to put in the hard work. And thankfully, we've seen the rewards of that in recent weeks with a couple of very decent away results. We've now got another week to look forward to. And hopefully, by next week's show, we'll have shown further signs of progress, both domestically and in Europe. My thanks to Paddy and James for joining me on today's show. And as always, our thanks to you for tuning in. If you're enjoying what we do, please share this episode far and wide and be sure to subscribe and review us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back with the final Whistle Show immediately after both Ferenc Faros and St Johnson this week. But in the meantime, thanks for listening.
Social Podcast Network.